Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined by my good friend, JW Crewall. JW, how's it going today? It's going very well, Riley. How are you? Man, I am doing great, I gotta say. What's new that you're doing great? I mean, nothing, you know? I'm just thriving. I was listening to... I don't remember what it was, but I was watching a video the other day, and this guy was talking about, like, working out and his mentality around it um and this is this isn't going to be some crazy motivational thing but he was thinking like your mindset around it shouldn't be like oh i want to achieve this body type or i want to like lose x amount of weight it should be like oh Mm -hmm. you know i respect and love myself and like i want to do that for myself um you know like as an act of like self-love and self-care so yeah yeah i've been trying to like put myself in that mindset over the last week um and like so when i whenever i clean my apartment or i'm working out like i'm thinking like i'm doing this for me and like because i feel better in doing it um sure and i i felt like better and happier has that so that has helped your mental space i think so i mean you know obviously you know this it's just a short amount of time like this could just be an up week for me you know but I, i've been feeling mm-hmm. good and i think you know your mentality is part of it at least i definitely went through I mean, I, you know, the mentality thing, like in middle school, like I remember I used to be very just, this is not life advice. First of all, this is not like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, trying to tell anyone what to do, just full disclosure. But I I was, you know, I was just a very like angry and and kind of sad child. I don't know. It's a weird, like angst. For sure. And then I just like, one day I was like, I could be sad, but then like, if I'm choosing to be sad and angry and like, I could just be happy. Right. And, and I, you know, obviously yeah, and, and, it's not and, that and, not, and you prefaced not, it with you know, that. You prefaced it with it's not that simple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've struggled with like depression my whole life. I'm on, you know, I take medication. Yeah. Like I have my own like mental health care. Um, right. But it was more so like just readjusting my mindset for like, you know, why am I working out and eating well and doing all these things? Well, it's not so much because I want to be an Adonis, which, you know, I obviously I do have like a goal body type and like all those mm-hmm. things. But, And you are an Adonis. But like, I want to, I want those things for myself because like, I care about myself and that's where, that's Mm -hmm. like the root of it and framing it in that way is healthier for you. Um, Yeah. I've actually never thought of that. Yeah. And it's something that I personally can relate to because I have a lot of like body image issues. Um, And it's interesting because they fluctuate a lot. Like, you know, one, I'll look at myself and I'll think, oh, you know, you're pathetic and really skinny and ugly. Uh, And then you look at yourself like later that day and you're like, oh, you're like fat and disgusting and ugly. And so like... I'm trying to reframe from that mindset. Um, okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's really profound. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, so, you know, a little life advice splashed into your Pokemon content. But, yeah, I guess. You know, whatever man, you're doing, cool. do it for you, right? Like, do it because you like it and enjoy it. Uh, and one thing that I really enjoy is Pokemon trading card game. <laughs> me too, Riley. <laughs> well, tell me that's not the segue of the century. Well, dude. Before we get too deep into it, I was talking with someone this morning and he was telling me that he has been listening since day one to the podcast. And he was telling me that when we were just on YouTube only, he would download the video, cut the, (laughs) you know, cut the video. So it was just audio. And then he'd have that as his podcast to listen to on, on the way to work. And so, Alex, if you're listening, just I told you this morning, like, love the dedication. So happy um, that we can make this for you and that you're enjoying all the content we, that we produce. And yeah, that's that awesome, just like, man. may I felt like you should hear that. Right? <laughs> that is that's super cool. 
<laughs> so it's uh, it's very cool. We have um, we're coming up on the end of this you know season. Yeah, and... I was thinking about that like just yesterday actually. Uh, how we're effectively you know we've decided last year that we're going to divvy it up in seasons like marking the competitive seasons and technically you know even though it doesn't really feel like it we're at the end of the line here for you know quote unquote season two yeah (laughs) it's pretty wild i mean season three we get to put that up there i mean now it's really starting to feel like uh, if it wasn't already a commitment you know it's starting to feel like that um yeah just getting a lot of kind of stuff under our belt i mean we've done a lot of things and i think we're kind of seeing that too like you're just seeing a lot of other people try to podcast and not to say that we're like the genesis of it but we've certainly been the most consistent over the course of the last three years and two years and um that's something to be proud of for sure so um just thank you again to the fans if you guys aren't already uh plugged into our communities you can go over to twitch uh and we're at twitch.tv slash Munner. That's where we do the podcast live every Wednesday at 9.30 Eastern. And then I am on twitch.tv slash righteous. And then we have our Twitter over at Tag Team Pokemon Podcast, uh, which you know is, is a great thing. Great resource to follow as well. So very cool. All that said, let's hop into Pokemon discussion. We have, you know, the end of the season. So uh, effectively, yeah. we would have you know, all been in London right now if yeah, the be. world wasn't flipped on its head <laughs> and we would be, you know, frantically trying to figure out the bust for worlds. And so do you feel like even though, I mean, even though we're not in London right now, even though we're not in England, do you feel like the metagame has shifted to a point that we have kind of seen the cream rise to the top? So it's a little interesting. Um, I don't know if I have a great answer to the initial question, but I'm just kind of thought dumb for a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I feel like podcasters do that all the time, and I'm just going to outright say that I'm going to do this. <laughs> okay, straight up. I love it. I love it. He's going to go on tangent. I'm going to let you roll, Riley. So I have, I've noticed first and foremost, like I just want to call out, so many people have mentioned that like this is the time when Worlds will be happening and how much they miss everyone. Um and I do feel that to an extent, but I almost didn't even notice that so much time had passed that like now is going to be worlds until other people called it out. Like there yeah. wasn't like a pit in my stomach, like, oh, I should be a worlds right now. It's like I saw other people and I was like, wait a second. Like it's actually been six months that we've been living like this. <laughs> but yeah. that's a that's a complete aside. Um Do I think the meta has completely developed? I think it's kind of in a weird spot because there isn't really an official substitute for the world championship. There's not something that the community is fully unified on and behind. Uh, that being <clears> said, <throat> I think the largest subset of that is going to be that POG championship, right? And we've mentioned it in passing a couple times in the cast. Uh, it's got a pretty large player base. I was checking in the Discord today. There's like 1,700 people in there or something mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's over 2000 i i don't it depends on how they do the numbers on discord it was like 500 offline yeah. and like 1700 was the second number i don't know if that was total or offline so it's either yeah. it's in the ballpark of 1700 to 2000 um yeah that's a lot of people that is and you know mad props to the atlas gaming folks who are who are working on that um do i think that the meta has progressed to that end game um i want to say no to be honest and the reason I say that is twofold. Um, 
So at Worlds, we saw the meta progress pretty far, but even then, it still didn't reach the endgame, I don't think, of that format. We got close, like we got a lot of the archetypes were there, uh, but the lists yeah. weren't there. And that's like the best players in the world labbing for, you know, some of them were labbing for less time than others, but still, like over the course of multiple months, that was the culmination of the best players in the world absolutely focused on the one task. I think that sure. there hasn't been as much of a unified effort on that. Uh, and that's not because I don't think these tournaments are valid or anything of that nature. Um, I think, you know, you find a lot of players who have lost the motivation or seeing themselves out or, you know, maybe only started testing once TCGO became available. You don't you don't see that fervor where you're bringing proxies to locals just because you can't. Yeah, you know, like sure. you have sure. you have tabletop simulator. That's an option. You have like TCG one as options, but it's not the same. Um, right. You know, you can't really achieve that same level of like enthusiasm through a whole community in that way, um, unfortunately. And so I, I don't think it's really possible because if we can't get to the end game of a meta when we have literally everyone in the world like labbing for the post rotation format and also the fact that it's pre rotation, I think also has an element to it as well, where you, sure. know, you have subsets of community that are working on post rotation and don't really care about pre-rotation and then you have people who are playing a pog who like want to do pre-rotation while it's available um, so that's like yeah. that's another factor in whereas yeah. with worlds last year for example um, everyone is ready for rotation even if you weren't in worlds like you were thinking about rotations and rotation decks um, mm -hmm. so you had everyone in the world they're all playing these decks they're all butting their heads together and we still couldn't get to the end game of the format completely yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so i don't if it's not possible for worlds last year i don't see how it could be possible for the world's format this year yeah especially when you factor in that you know we're not even talking about the best players in the world necessarily like the day one is just literally anyone that wants to play and that's not a you know slight on anyone but it's like certainly they the quality of the average player is going to be lower than it would be at world's Anyway, so that's an interesting thing to think about is like a day one meta versus a day two meta and how, you know, you have that at Worlds where it's kind of like, okay, what do I think people are going to play in day one? And then will they switch in day two? And, you know, there's a lot of questions that go along with that. But even more so now, the day one meta could be completely different from a day two meta just because the vast amount of people that are trying to qualify for day two that don't, I mean, that they don't necessarily have to have any you know any accomplishment you know right. and that's that's cool and and kind of scary and <laughs> right and I, and i think the way that you mean to phrase i mean i don't think you're phrasing it wrong but i think the way you're trying to yeah. portray this is it's not really about like the skill level or anything like that it's more so when you get these concentrated pools of players it's much easier to understand like what they're thinking and what they're going yeah. to play uh you yeah. know when you get a huge pool of players that anyone can enter like you have no idea what the mindsets of those people are. <laughs> yeah, right, so. right. Yeah, exactly. That's another great way to phrase what I just said. <laughs> so it really opens up all sorts of rabbit holes that you can go down when you're thinking of like trying to predict the meta. And that's like, and that's a problem too. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but just kind of getting in your own head about, okay, well, you know, here are the top decks and, and everyone says they're the top decks, but then, you know, maybe this other deck we're just completely overlooking and, and, <laughs> you know, that ends up being the best deck and having the most placements. And I mean, yes, like to an extent, you know, any content that you listen to, the people that are producing the content only have so much time to think about and test 
what they're talking about. And so like you can never take um, anything that anyone says, you know, the best player in the world, the, the worst player in the world. Like you can you can draw positives and negatives, I think, from from anyone that speaks, that creates content. And so, um, you know, you're just we're going to there's going to be things that slip through the cracks is all I mean to say. Yeah. So that all being said, that giant yeah. preface let's kind of dive into what our thoughts are going to be i yeah. jotted down a couple of decks that we talked through before the cast uh this certainly is not inclusive we might even think of something in the middle of talking about these decks and we're like oh yeah we didn't write this down but obviously this is something we should talk about um mm-hmm. but what we have jotted down starting from the top we got to talk about eternatus i mean this is mm-hmm. the the cover card of the set it is really the focal point of mm-hmm. the darkness of blaze format um you know, got that mega ray feel to it where you're drawing a lot of cards with your draw to six Pokemon. You got your mm-hmm. bench of eight, so you're doing a little over 240 damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the 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 thought is there, like you're doing 30 for the bench. Um, yeah. So JW, I I've been a proponent of Eternatus for the last few weeks. I really like the yeah. deck. I still really like the deck. I'm curious what yeah. your thoughts are. Yeah, well it's definitely the biggest like go ham deck. Uh, if you look at it, it just, it's the new thing. It's definitely something that Pokemon, uh, has wanted to, you know, make a big thing. Like that's, you know, like a very reasonable reason to play it is that it is the new deck and it is very strong. And like, it is something that the testers, you know, when they're creating the cards said, okay, we would like to make this because it's better than what has come before it, you know, in their, in their testing. Um, in order to get people to buy cards. Okay. Another, another topic, (laughs) but um, yeah, it is very strong. And I think one of the biggest things that it has going for it is that is it's Vika Volt matchup. And, you know, obviously we have to talk about these decks in context of other decks. So uh, we're going to talk about Vika Volt in more in depth later, but um, the Vika Volt deck, as it's starting to kind of formulate around this kind of just very straightforward concept, I mean, it still has a very bad matchup against Eternatus. And I think that's one of like the selling points for me when I'm looking at whether or not I want to play Eternatus. Yeah. Now, it doesn't have um, necessarily great matchups across the board. It can get kind of skunked out by uh, fire sometimes. Um, ADP can be a very unconventional matchup like it feels very close yeah um and then you know there are things like decidueye which are really really difficult to beat with eternatus and so there's some positives there's some negatives i'm curious to hear your thoughts on eternatus in terms of matchup spread yeah so when i think of eternatus you know there's only so many dark pokemon that you can tech and even then there's only so many dark pokemon that actually like do something um you know, when I think of the Hoopa pair, neither of them is really that fantastic of a card, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but but they're they're like easily played around or yeah. don't do enough damage to be you know I I really don't like the uh the Zapdos Hoopa that does the ninety. I really don't like that card. Um for multiple reasons. Like switching around it is annoying, attaching an energy to it is annoying. Like the poke is is fine, but you know your attachments are so valuable in the Eternatus deck as well that it just feels kind of icky to do it um, yeah. that's besides the point though like the dark pokemon you don't have a lot of tools in your box like really the trick the only tricks that Eternatus really has at its disposal is mm-hmm. potentially beltal gx shenanigans and sure. potential like zigzagoon shenanigans 
And outside sure. of that, it's a relatively straightforward deck. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. We see straightforward decks do fantastically well all the time. But I think that's probably its biggest weakness. And that's where you see bad matchups appear. So yeah. go yeah. you know, going down that list, I think Eternatus does exactly what I thought and wanted it to do really well. Where it'll reliably two hit KO any VMAX, potentially one hit KO in his exigence, and it will reliably one hit KO anything that's not a VMAX. And I think it does that job really, really well. What it doesn't do a good job against is things that can tip prize trades against it. So um, the ADP matchup is close just because you can one hit KO the ADP out of the gates, but yeah. it, they also can just really tilt the prize trade. And we were talking about this right before the cast where uh, <laughs> you know, it feels so bad that you can one hit KO an ADP on turn two, like before they altered creation potentially. Um, I guess it would have to be altered for this to really happen. But like, let's say they altered turn two and you went second or something, um, and you KO the Eternatus. They you KO the ADP with your Eternatus. You know, yeah. Now it's three prizes to six. Like you should theoretically in your brain be in a good spot there. Yeah. Uh, but they yeah. Can, and, and with a 340 undamaged Pokemon in the act. Right. No damage on your board. Like you're feeling good. And but there's just always the potential they can go gust gust and win. Uh, with two right. attacks and there's nothing you can do about that there's nothing you can do to outtrade that unless they bench a second adp for some reason uh mm -hmm. which you know that's on them <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> you know you don't have control over that so right and grant i still think the matchup is close because of the fact that you can come out of the gate so aggressively um sure and also like gust gust while also powering up reliably is like not something that you can necessarily pull off every game so the matchup's close but you know that's just an example of you know there's a deck that has a bag of tricks to it like it gets around prize trades and that is something that turners can't necessarily handle very well um, yeah sure and then the other thing too that um is i mean it's it's a hindrance i think like you're talking about the bag of tricks is just like the way it has to be constructed and i feel like the lists that are coming out are pretty strong for Eternatus just because you have to, um, you know, you have to have so many Pokemon on your bench. You have to de devote that many slots to all these Pokemon that you don't necessarily want. Like we're talking about like the Hoopas and stuff. Like at a certain point outside of the Eternatus, the Crobats and the Zigzagoons, you're kind of like, okay, yes. well, I guess, you know, Hoopa, <laughs> you, know you got the dark symbol on you. So <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and like, I mean, I guess Spiritomb or like, I guess South, you know, people are messing with Meowth, you know? Yeah. And, there's just comes a point where it's like, well, I don't really know what to put in. And there's nothing that really like extremely aids me in my quest to win the game, but like you have to include. So those kind of feel like dead slots to me in a lot of, um, in a lot of scenarios in, in a way in that they're not as um, geared toward helping you win. Like sure. sometimes you're just playing Hoopas down just so that you can fulfill the uh, requirement and they're never going to come into play. Um, and sometimes like you're benching Crobats, your only way to draw with a Pokemon, just because you need that extra, you know, 30 damage, even though you've played a Crobat earlier in the game. So there's some weird things that come around with the, um, yeah. the deck building that just kind of hinder it where you can't really do anything too spooky. Like Eternatus just is right you know and i, I think i agree really with the with the crowbat point more than the hoopa point because i don't think it really matters if you have a one prize on your bench that doesn't do anything um, yeah yeah <laughs> most of yeah time. sure sure but sure you know i think we're getting at the same underlying point where the the deck is so straightforward and it's trying to do one thing and it does that thing very well 
Um, but when other things like ADP or Decidueye or Mill decks that remove energy, like all those things are not playing the game in the same way that you're trying to play the game. Uh, yeah. And when that happens is when Eternatus falters. I still think it's a very good deck. It can win a lot of matchups just off of like being really aggressive. It's probably the most, like, most often the most aggressive deck on the second turn of the game, where it's doing, mm. you know, between 210 and 270 reliably on the second turn, assuming you hit your attachments. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot to be said for that. And I think yeah. decks that do reliably do a lot of damage very quickly tend to be successful. So, yeah. you know, you yeah. can't hate I mean, it, yeah, but it's it's just interesting. Like, it is probably the best VMAX Pokemon. I think we would both agree with that. Just, like, if you look at the card, like, the damage potential for how little cost it takes. Like, the best VMAX card that we've that we've seen. But it doesn't have that supporting cast that something like Scent to Scorch might have. Where, you know, you could come in with a Heatran and, like, one-shot something. Um, or, you know, you can no play all these other either. Pokemon. What's that? <laughs> no Dark Welder either. <laughs> yeah, no Dark Welder, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, this supporting cast. Like, you just have Eternatus, pretty much manual attachments, unless you want to go some kind of Turbo Patch route, which probably isn't ideal. And then you're just trying to swing and, like, hoping that your draws are good enough that you can get out, um, you know, what you need to get out the turn they should need to get it yeah. you know there's no real tricks like you're saying i largely agree and so i you know i think we're gonna end up hitting the same point over and over if we keep talking about eternatus um you know straightforward deck powerful deck i i still like it like that's yeah all of that no, no. said like and, i still and, and like all it. that to say yeah and all that to say like that's not necessary yeah like bad. it's still it's still actually probably my favorite deck to play uh, yeah but you know it has flaws and acknowledging those is important um yeah so let's go just right down the list then uh, I think the the first deck that you specifically called out with the turn of this is Vikavolt. And yeah. especially in this pre-rotation format, Vikavolt has certainly taken the world by storm. You know, getting the access to Electra Powers and the Thunder mm-hmm. Mountains is certainly a boon. Uh, you have mm-hmm. been a big proponent of Vikavolt for a while now. How are you feeling about that deck? I mean, I think it's really good. I'm pretty, like, pretty set on just about shipping it like it just feels very good against the known decks aside from Eternatus like it should um, reliably beat ADP Uh, it should reliably beat fire maybe have kind of a iffy matchup against Senta Scorch depending on how they draw but it just feels like a deck that doesn't take a ton of bad matchups and can even wiggle out of a lot of bad matchups I've just been loving the deck a lot more now that I've uh, ditched a lot of the the, the the fat in terms of Mareep and you know slumbering <laughs> forest it, it was kind of cool to play with that and i think that like has a place to be played but um when you just make it more of trying to get out that second attack and doing 190 yeah, at the I end of the game liked the Mareep like forest man no 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 for sure but i i think it was i think it was viable like i think it was like a, a thing that that should have been discovered and should have been played and like should have been messed around with but then making the deck be able to stream you know, 190 at the end of the game, you just get to this point that, you know, you're checkmating um, towards the end of the game. And like, yeah, you just get to this point where you almost can't lose when you have like two Vigavolts on the bench that both have three energy attached and like you're just item locking and you're just waiting to, you know, draw your last boss or you're waiting to, um, you know, get enough damage on the active to do 190 to it and knock it out. I mean, there's just a lot of, um, a lot of bonuses there to, 
playing Vikavolt that it can wiggle its way out of bad matchups. It has some pretty solid matchups, again, against like ADP and Fire, I would say the two biggest ones, and against, you know, things like Mad Party, it just is going to destroy. Against things like Straight Zacian, it's just going to body. And so it's a deck that I would think a lot of people will gravitate towards (laughs) because Item Lock, again, can get you out of sticky situations. Yeah, I mean, Item Lock, historically a fan favorite uh, or fan least favorite, depending on which fan you ask. But yep. certainly a, a powerful archetype. Like historically, item lock for low energy costs has been very good. I don't think that's going to change with the onset of equal. Um, one thing I definitely agree with you on is that second attack on equal is super good, actually, and yep. and it kind of works out really well where you get a poke or two off with item lock and then you blow something up. But then also the time that you afforded yourself with the item lock has also set up your future attackers um and it it all culminates in the fact that you're attacking with a two prizer Uh, yeah (laughs) and i think vikable honestly of the decks that we have listed is one of the decks that feels most impacted by rotation to me you know we're losing electric power we're losing thunder mountain yeah no doubt i i like really don't think the deck works without electric power yeah. you know it just and that's yeah that's that's pretty obvious the just the damage boost and being able to hit the certain numbers um is really really valuable but vikavolt is a deck that i am not going to be shocked if a lot of players play it because uh it does have a little bit of room to be spooky i mean you can play it with hammers you could play it with i mean i think turbo patch is pretty much the norm but you can do it with just a bunch of different things um to disrupt you know you could play it with absol you can play it with like galarian slowbro if you want to get some poison damage as well um you know you can play with jirachi you can play without jirachi there's a lot of different ways to build it that are all reasonably good and that can all reasonably um win you know a high percentage of games i was playing it before uh the stream and i just wanted to get 10 games in with it before i stream later tonight and i went one two three four five six seven uh yeah like eight and two or something like that eight and two i just like you know not really even thinking about it maybe not putting a ton of um effort into the list um but just running it seeing how things uh things seeing how things felt again um and it felt great yeah Yeah. it was a really great deck i mean one thing i want to specifically call out as well is you you talked about bag of tricks and you list a bunch of pokemon i want to even argue like compared to eternatus vikavolt itself has more to it than like the entirety (laughs) of the internist deck right yeah yeah (laughs) like you could just play vikavolt and like the supporting items and that already is a more complicated deck than the entire eternatus deck sure <laughs> that's not sure. a problem one of, the, but... one of the coolest things that i like about vikavolt is that it can utilize gust i think better than any other deck in the format yeah. and that is just like you can boss's orders up something to stall for a turn like very reliably you know there are a lot of two retreat pokemon um Orangaru, zashin uh those both you know just come to mind instantly and then uh, many others but you can gust up something and then if you need that extra turn you know you can usually buy it Right, where you gust up something that you don't necessarily want to KO, like like an Oranguru, uh, and just stall it for a turn or two while you get energy built up or while you find the resources that you need, the electro powers or something yeah. on the next turn to take the big one shot on the threat, you know, that your opponent has. That's one of the things that I really valued in that there were times where I was playing the deck and I was like, Okay, you know, I don't win if they get an attack off. I just need like a turn or two more and just being able to gust up something on the bench, stall it, and you can really outmaneuver your opponent in a lot of ways yeah i definitely agree with that and so. i don't know if you watched uh the tricky damn stream today but it happened live 
against Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that I don't lock is powerful, man. I mean, what can you say? It's historically been powerful. It's yeah. probably going to be powerful for the entirety of its existence in the Pokemon traded card game. You yeah. Know, you can't sleep on item lock decks. Um, yeah, I think Vikable is probably in my my top 3 decks that I would consider for the for the Pog Championship or any post rotation or pre rotation rather gameplay at the moment. It's just so strong. And I feel yeah. like you really want to take advantage of it while you can, because it has so yeah. much that it benefits from pre-rotation. Yeah. Like, and not as much as other decks that it's like, you know, it likes to have certain cards. It's like, this deck really likes to have these cards, you know? Mm. It loves the Electric Powers, it loves the Thunder Mountain. Although, I would say for Vikable that I, I think it has the biggest target on its back of the new decks. Yeah. Like, we could talk about Eternatus, but um, the amount of Eternatus that I, you know, and, and this is, again, on the ladder, so, like, we won't know about what happens. But I think, to, to an extent, we can take the results from the ladder and apply them. Well, I would even um, argue you know, for a tournament, tournament this big, like, yeah. the ladder is actually probably a decent representation, especially the, yeah. the people on yeah. the ladder right now are probably people who are thinking yeah. about playing in tournaments like this. Sure, sure. And so, you know, I just haven't seen a lot of Eternatus um, on the ladder, and I've seen a very um, sizable amount of Vikavolt. And so I, I would just think that if you're heading into the Atlas Championships, you would want an answer to Vikavolt in your deck, um, or to play a deck that can handle Vikavolt, um, or at least have a game plan against it, because you know it just it is something that has been played a lot on the ladder. I've noticed. So this is your glowing endorsement of Phalanx and Stonejourner, right? <laughs> yes, everyone play Phalanx. I, I will say Stonejourner was was kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just personally proud of myself for not forgetting Phalanx's name. <laughs> The, there you go for like the third time so, i know we've done it i i really am just bad i don't know why because i like phalanx but i just when it, com- I mean, when it comes a... down and the pressure's on remembering phalanx's name is tough man when the bright lights are on you crumble <laughs> it's true man. at least when it comes to phalanx so <laughs> Beakable, fantastic deck definitely got a big target if you're looking to play in any of these pre-rotation formats, make sure that you have a way to deal with Vikable. Like, if you lose immediately to a, you know, turn one going second, paralyzing bolt, probably should reconsider. Like, maybe think about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> although, although, I mean, it it is like it's gonna it's going to have a target on its back, and I think one of the few ways that you can counter Vikable is just to play a deck like not entirely built to beat it, but like an Eternatus deck, you know, would beat it. So you have to make your deck choice to beat Vikavolt as opposed to like, I don't think there are any techs or anything that you could just slide into something yeah. to yeah, make it's it not have really, a good To beat item lock decks, it's usually not techs, right? It's more about like deck yeah. building and deck choice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that, just, just throwing that out there. Next up on our list is one that we also specifically called out earlier, and that's the ADP deck. I mean, I feel like we probably don't even need to talk about ADP too, too much in the fact that we already know what ADP does. It does the same thing, as always. The actual lists for ADP really aren't being too transformative, besides maybe including Turbo Patch. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot to add to the ADP discourse, besides the fact that it is continually powerful. It continues to skew prize trades in its favor. It's going to warp the entirety of the Pokemon metagame for the entirety of its existence in the trading card game. And it's good. <laughs> yep. 
Well said. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely another deck. I mean, of course, be prepared for it. And probably just the deck that, um, you know, it, it's the known quantity going into this tournament. I mean, I think we're getting a lot of new things that should rise to the top. Um, you know, like Firebox, we haven't really seen uh, in, in past formats. Um, you know, Eternatus, obviously new. Vikavolt, obviously new. Um, so you look at ADP as just kind of being like a comfort pick, um, a very strong deck still, obviously. Uh, and something that, yeah, people will just kind of default to if they haven't tested, I think, especially. And, you know, they played uh, ADP maybe. Maybe they played ADP two formats ago. Maybe they played ADP last format. And they kind of look to it and say, hey, you know what? This is still very, very good. A very very broken ability and should be one of the best decks for the pog championships yeah i mean adp's with zashian at least since the addition of zashian has continued to be one of the best decks that's not going to change mm-hmm. and i think too like you look at it like maybe someone would play combo zashian but i think the amount of combo zashian that will be played and certainly the amount of combo zashian that will do well will all kind of hinge upon vikavolt uh, that's a deck that truly like needs to have items to function properly. And if Vigavolt is this kind of bigger quantity, uh, you know, very sizable share of the metagame, then that's where a deck like ADP Zashin just like makes way more sense than something like Combo Zashin. You know, so so just saying that that you know maybe in the last format we saw ADP Zashin kind of take up um, you know seven to 10% of the metagame and like all the, the Zashin variants were kind of split in this way. I think they'll kind of coalesce more around ADP yeah. as opposed to more item heavy builds. Yeah. And I, I think the ADP is pretty much made itself the prevailing variant in the current format. Um, mm-hmm. So I would agree with you there. Sure. Sure. I think also one of the cool things that you can do with ADP, um, not, not to talk, too much about it because you know we all kind of know again the known quantity thing but you can include like a water attacker and as fire continues to rise i mean seriously yeah you know, no, I, I, I know i'm just i'm just laughing because you said the way you said it i don't know it was funny uh, <laughs> <laughs> but as fire continues to rise having that water attacker that splashable water attacker that, that was a good pun that splashable water attacker uh, yeah it's less funny now Okay, well, I ruined it. So having that splashable water attacker is very valuable because it just gives you more matchup coverage and type coverage. Yeah. So we've referenced this deck a lot, though, and I think we got to go into our next one here, which is going to be Fire, uh, primarily the Scorch deck. So Scorch has been tearing up the ladder a little bit. I, I I hope you can speak more to this because I'm either missing all the streams where Scorch does well or I'm just like <laughs> not playing a good list myself because for me, it just hasn't been performing um, the way that I feel like other people th- have had it perform. It just feels like one of these decks that I'm looking at people saying, oh yeah, Scorch is good. Like Scorch is like this top deck and I'm just kind of shaking my head and, and questioning that. And so I'd be curious, Riley, to, to hear you speak on Scorch and what you think the matchup spread is and why you would play Scorch over just a, a Welder Box. Sure. So as compared to like a Welder Box, mm-hmm. um, well, first off, I don't, in terms of fire decks, I think the Baby Lecephalon deck is probably the superior one. Um, I just don't think there's any meaningful discussion to be had about Baby Lecephalon. Like, even less so than ADP, because it's a less, it's a more straightforward deck. 
and it does one thing it's done the same thing it's not changing at all <laughs> it's just continuing to do the same thing um but with regards to scent scorch i uh i haven't been too impressed when i play it myself but i feel like it's one of those decks where every time i'm against it they like immediately get a welder and also some energies to continue to power up and i can't ko it and it gets stronger <laughs> and it just gets absurd and so i think part of scent scorch's appeal is that snowballing element to it where it continues to power itself up more so if yeah. you're winning you win harder over time yeah. and so that that makes the deck feel better if that makes yeah. sense you know because like when you're when you beat people like you're really really beating them right like you're, yeah, oh, you're just pounding it like foot on the throat you yeah, know like you're gasping for air they're they're not happy about that so no. i think that's where like part of the sentiment comes from is because you have these insane blowout games and they feel incredible and obviously you'll have some close games too but then you know if you have a loss after that you'll remember the game that you destroyed the person with and got like a million damage on turn three yeah <laughs> so are you are you kind of saying that you think maybe the hype around Santa scorch is a little unwarranted i mean i think it's fine like it's got a lot of hp and you know you could say that about every v max but i think that's kind of a saving grace for all of the v maxes they got a lot of health so they got time yeah. to work with um I think if I was going to play a VMAX and my goal is to do a lot of damage, I would probably play Eternatus. Yeah. Um, because it's a more consistent, I don't know if consistent is the right word, but like it's a reliable strategy. It does the same thing. It's always doing a lot of damage, not really reliant on continuing to find a bunch of fires and attack to power itself up and welder and all this sure. stuff. Um, you know, you sure. set up a board with Eternatus and that's your board. And you're like, you're swinging, you're good. Um, yeah. I don't think Sentence Course is outright bad. Um, I just, if I'm going to put a three prizer on the board, I want it to be ADP or Eternatus. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I feel pretty similarly, and, and that's why um, I just haven't thought Sense Scorch is uh, anything, anything special. I mean, you're very reliant on Welder. Um, I, I would argue more so than, than something like Firebox, um, just in the sense that you have less time you know, if you are putting the the VMAX into play, uh, it just, I, I'm surprised. I want to get more reps with the deck and see if it really is something that should be taken seriously. But as of now, I would say something like, um, you know, the firebox that I was playing it on stream the other day had some very good results um, and I liked it a lot. And then all my testing, even like pre PCGO when we were doing tabletop with Andrew, like it just wasn't something that I would have ever thought would be good enough yeah and i mean firebox is fine it's not really a deck that i've ever truly liked very much um Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed the charizard version like right after worlds but um, yeah like since then i haven't been as much of a fan of playing firebox Uh, it's still good though um and i not and it's kind of like you know it's kind of like uh like baby cephalon in the fact that like not a lot's changing about it fundamentally it's still the same same dang deck that you've been seeing, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for, sure. Um, for sure. But does my logic for Scorch make sense? Like, you know, when you win, you're really blowing people out. So they're like, oh, yeah, this deck's insane, man. <laughs> yeah, I just struggle because, like, you have, um, you know, it, the numbers just don't work out for me. So let's say you welder onto a Scorch and you get an attachment. Like, you're only doing 160. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not KOing Crobat. 
Um, you know, you're nowhere near KOing an ADP. Well, I think um, the threat of Scorch is the looming aspect of it, where, yeah. you know, if, you know, it's got a lot of health. It's got 320 of those suckers. And so yeah. <laughs> if you fail to knock it out, you know, now it's a scarier Scorch than it was the turn before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, I, I feel like isn't that kind of... I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a thing with most decks, though. I guess most well, decks it's scary. Gets like a I guess break most point where most like it decks, deals everything immediately. Yeah, most decks get a scarier board if you don't knock them out, and Scorch just becomes a scarier Pokemon. Scorch itself it gets scarier, <laughs> like, and it makes right. itself scarier. You know, it's, it feeds right. into itself. Right. Right. And it's kind of exciting yeah. in that way too. You know. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I don't know. I just I'll play it some more. You're a hater. Though, granted, I need more time with it, and I need a good list um, <laughs> because either either my list is horrible or it's really not as good as it needs to be. Um, but I be I'm really open. Like Scorch is kind of for me, kind of an unknown factor. I've got my reps in with Vikable. I've got my reps in with ADP. I've got my reps in with Eternatus. I've got my reps in with Firebox. But I haven't gotten my reps in with Scorch. Yeah, so. Reps, man gotta get your reps with santa Scorch. gotta get your reps in man you know <laughs> gotta do your gotta do your you know gotta get your hundred threes, games you know? santa scorch in to be ready yeah exactly exactly so. <laughs> <laughs> one last deck that i wanted to call out and i'll preface this by saying if we didn't call it a deck specifically it's not because we don't think it's viable outright there's plenty of other decks that are good um there's just kind of like we said for like baby cephalon and firebox um you don't need to call them out too much at this point. Like they're known quantities within the realm of the game that we're playing at this point. So things like Picaram, mm-hmm. um, slightly less so, but Dragapult, Decidueye, Spiritomb decks. Yeah. Like we know what those decks yeah. do. We know what how they work, um, and yeah. they they are occupying the same niche they always have. Um, mm-hmm. But the last deck that I want to hit on is is the Mill decks. You know they disappeared for a little bit there with the with Dragapult kind of oppressing them to a certain extent keeping them down with their sniping constantly and yeah. i think they've really made themselves poised to return i think they have decent matchups against a lot of the top decks that we've just mentioned mm-hmm. <laughs> so have you experimented at all with mill i'll just pose that question to you first i'm not and the other thing is i haven't seen it played that's funny i mean I, mill is... oh go ahead I, go I was gonna say i don't see it a lot it's certainly not like you know the original sword shield set drop right where it was just everywhere and it was really toxic yeah. uh <laughs> i don't see it like that but i have seen it and yeah. every time i see it it feels really icky you know for me <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah sure sure and you know especially you know we talk about these eternatus decks being straightforward yeah. you know mill really punishes that you know they get in there yes. with those crushing hammers and and recycling those suckers and you know what is an Eternatus to do man (laughs) right no for sure Eternatus seems like a sketchy matchup um ADP seems bad though I mean it it was historically not a matchup you'd like to see obviously now that um ADP has maybe some ADP lists have gone away from having like all the gust that they used to have you know you're remembering lists that play i was talking about this actually this morning uh with someone where it was like you know the four pokemon catcher and then the four custom catcher that was like my favorite always i think that's like my favorite deck of the year it was that deck yeah (laughs) yeah for sure it was super fun it was super fun but like there's there's a little less gust you know people are playing like a great catcher and three um and and three bosses orders or three bosses orders and an eldegoss um or some combination of those and you're seeing just a little less gust so maybe there's 
more to be said about that matchup now that you know just the way lists are generally being built um that there is more uh, chance for a mill deck against adp yeah yeah i i certainly think that's one factor there although i'd also argue <laughs> you know some of these decks are including turbo patches in addition to metal patches right and then you get in this weird place where yeah they can't gust as much but the offset of that is when they do they will can't really be denied energy yeah mm -hmm. like yep. usually your end game against those adp decks is to prevent them from gusting for long enough that you can deny energy but like that's yeah. so difficult now <laughs> yeah sure sure yeah absolutely or more difficult and then you look at other matchups that mill um might be unfavored in and i think another one i mean is vikavolt like that seems like a very rough matchup. You're not going to be able to get rid of much of their energy. You're not going to be able to um, disrupt in the ways that you want to disrupt reliably. And so that seems very tough as well for Mill. Um, yeah, but then, you know, fire? the offside of that is like oh, the Bicephalon decks are super good for you. Um, the Santa Scorch decks, yeah. I guess, are, are a horrible matchup. So that's a thing. But, <laughs> like, you know, you got your your Vika bolts are, are not very good, but your Eternatus is, is good. I think your ADP is probably passable enough that you can play against it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and then a lot of those more niche decks, like the, you know, the Picaroms of the world or the Spiritombs of the world or the Deciduize of the world, like those aren't going to be able to really handle you very well. Um, right, right. So, I mean, yeah, I think you there's take... a legit spot for it. Or like yeah, control I mean, I... as a, a general thing. Certainly, certainly you take very very good matchups against certain decks and then very kind of scary matchups yeah it's the kind of thing probably. that would benefit more from like a day two thing where you could know the meta a lot better going in um yeah so. yeah i mean that that's exactly it like if you see day one and like there's like no vehicle you know maybe you can squeak by and like you just like win the coin flips against an adp and you know prevent them from getting an altered creation off early or something like that and you just yeah. take your chances against like one very bad matchup as opposed to having multiple um in in day two yeah so, so. I, I think that's a pretty good perspective on the meta uh, we've called them out a couple times now, but some other random decks would be the Picarams of the World, the other Zacian variants like Luke Metal and Combo Zacian. Uh, Dragapult is kind of a thing. The Sidui, kind of a thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. You call it. You mentioned Salamence earlier. I <laughs> I hate that card, man. I don't know. Um, and then I think you have to mention this deck for for the fans out there, and that's Mad Party. It's kind of a thing. Yep. <laughs> kind of a thing. Congratulations, I mean, it's, it's Mad not Partiers. horrible. <laughs> it's not horrible. So, so Mad Party would be something where you know you you probably want to play. I was I was playing this with Danny on stream the other day as well, and he played a Naganadel GX for the Stinger. And now that you have you know these three prize Pokemon, the idea is just that you Stinger, and then you just need to have like two attacks to win the game. And so I thought that was a cool. Um, potential or yeah that's a cool potential i guess you would need one attack because you would need to get yeah, like, like you're wheezing. supposed to poke like ahead of time yeah you get like wheezing or poke ahead yeah exactly and yeah. uh and take the take the last prize there so i don't know that's something cool that that i just really admired um, yeah it's a cool concept a little... for sure i mean mad party um, you know you can't lie mad party is definitely fun <laughs> yeah no for sure for sure i can't wait to play it post rotation because i think it'll be uh in a better position than it is now Let's talk about the tournament breakdown, though. So we mentioned a lot of decks. JW, in your opinion, what are the top three decks going to be? Uh, top three decks, 
probably are ADP and Lightning. So Vigavolt and then Pikaram. I, I really think Pikaram is going to be a and major Pikaram player. Is still, still that big? I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't really lose anything. And it was like time, arguably, yeah. it was arguably the best deck of last format. It doesn't have any like super hard counters that I can think of. Um, and it's still, you know, it's very cheap. So for like a day one metagame, like again, or these are all these people that literally have no, um, they have no disincentive to do poorly. You know, yeah. it's not like you're going to London and you're like spending all this time and you're spending all this money and you're like <laughs> trying to be correct. You know, there's sure. going to be all these people just like chilling on their couch in their underwear, you know, Cheeto stained hands, uh, clicking the keyboard well. and like, <laughs> I'm just going to one last ride with Pikaram as I know it. So, I don't know if you had to portray the Pikaram players quite like that, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> do you? Th this is like kind of an aside, but do you think that TCGO prices will play a factor into the metagames of these tournaments? Oh, sure. I mean, we were talking about how the latter could like affect how we are thinking about the metagame as a whole, and just like I haven't seen a lot of alternatives. Uh, you know, that that's the that's the truth of it. Um, and maybe other people that are testing have, but I think like you look at that kind of deck, and it's. You know, if Crobats are, let's say, conservatively 25 packs um, and Eternatus VMAX hovers around 20 packs and then the V is like 10 packs, and then you're looking at playing, you know, fours of each, um, you know, all of a sudden you have like a like a hundred dollar PTCGO deck, you know, <laughs> somewhere between 50 and 100 bucks in codes to get this deck. And that's just not a thing you know that's just not doable yeah, for a lot I mean, of people or, that, or that's not sure. just not an investment that a lot of people want to make so sure. for sure i think i think that will absolutely be a factor yeah yeah that's rough for sure yep yep that's the kind of the same thing with dragapult all the dragapult i think clawed its way into the meta over time mm -hmm. for sure for sure it definitely did towards the end game i think like you know you get people that you know get more coins or whatever they can buy the packs from the store like the more people do that they get more locked trade locked ones but they just get their stuff you know from playing the game more that'll absolutely be a thing i think after we settle into and like the code price will drop um and yeah of course the longer we go the more we should see but i think to go to your point it will absolutely be a factor that they were so expensive to start yeah. out that we we shouldn't see a ton of them yeah, and the reason I ask that is I would think that Eternatus would be the most popular deck in a vacuum where if there are no yeah. outside factors and everyone just got to play the deck that they wanted to play, you know, okay. in a communist society where everyone had <laughs> unlimited access to coins and packs and all that, uh, yeah. that Eternatus would probably be the most popular deck, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I don't know how to frame it now. I haven't really thought about it critically enough, I don't think. Um, yeah, but if it was up to me, I would say the top three would be actually the first three decks that we talked about with Tournament Speakable and ADP. Um, yeah, it, with price being a factor in the size of the tournament, I kind of agree that Pikaram is poised to, to stay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Fable Cephalon as sure. well. Maybe like Pikaram, maybe Cephalon like occupying that, fighting for that third yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I Babyville Cephalon is another one that I I just don't it should fold. I mean, I haven't done a lot of testing. It should fold the Vika Volt. I, you know, I might, it might be the kind of thing where I'm like overestimating Vika Volt. Um, uh, you know, Vika Volt stuff on. that's right. Yeah. 
yeah, Baby Siphon obviously being very good against the VMAX deck should have uh, a place. I don't know if it'll be a big place, though. Yeah. So. Cool. So one last thing we want to talk about ahead of your questions, and that is the somewhat new debate in the Pokemon trading card game. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say like an age old debate, but it's really not. Like this is no. this is a relatively new thing in Pokemon, no. and that is is it better to go first or second in the Pokemon trading card game? JW, yeah, this, you got two minutes to explain your thoughts. Yeah, this was a tw- this was a tweet by Andrew, and he uh, basically just said yes, it is better now to go second in Pokemon trading card game, and obviously that's not a nuanced opinion. You know, it's definitely like kind of a kind of a opinion that is uh, going for kind of a reaction, and it, but it, but it is true, and he's expounded on it more and just saying that um, you know going second is more and more viable, and going first is less and less the uh, optimal way to play certain decks. And I would totally agree. You look at certain things um, like ADP. I would argue Vikavolt that for me do want to go first. But then you look at other things, fire stuff, you know, the sense of scorch, um, and even like arguably Eternatus like wants to go second. And so I think that's a cool new debate that um, displays more skill, both in deck building and in in-game play. And I think that's a great um, debate. Like, I think that's great for the game that we're even talking about this. Yeah, I I will say I pretty much agree with everything you've outlined um i do think second has really risen up into being generally better um circumstantially like there's obviously circumstances that factor into whether first or second is better but i think second like if you were picking completely blind second is probably better for most decks at this point um what i want to say outside of that is um I think if we ever get to the point where going second is objectively better with every single deck and it's not a debate, then that is very bad. And I think that's actually worse than like a metagame where first is like considered the better turn. And the reason yeah. I think so, I think that is because, um, you know, going first, you're very limited in what you can do right now. And second, yeah. you can do everything, including attack and play supporters. So if that turn, yeah. if that is objectively better, that's very unhealthy because like you have these people who are trapped essentially in their first turn and can't do anything you know it kind of brings you back to these like weird like i don't want to say donk but like similar to donk type metas where you know a person effectively does nothing they'll like attach and pass or something uh and you see that happen all the time for people going first now where they can't do that much um Mm -hmm. and you know maybe part of it is engines of these decks but i think if we ever get to the point where second is always objectively better and everyone who wins the coin club will always choose to go second, then that is not a good thing. Right. Right. Yeah. From a game design perspective. Well said. As the game rules are currently laid out, at least. Sure. Sure. And I think, I mean, a, a fix to that would just be you can't attack on your first turn, but you can't play a supporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be and there a, are, that'd be I mean, a and there role. are, there are problems <laughs> with that, too. You know, there are, there are, there are issues with that, I think, too. But um, yeah, it's just an interesting thing right now. We're, we're seeing this shift. Uh, and like you said, if it ever goes completely towards going second is just going to be better. But I think we have enough, you know, support Pokemon where that's never going to be really the case. Right. Like, in, like, and you like know, you said, like, I think it's not to the point where it's horrible right now. It's just something I think that we should think about. And, well, the other thing, too, is that we are seeing, I think, generally 
Uh, and I, I don't speak for everyone in every deck, but we're, I think we're generally seeing a lack of, or, or a decrease in Jirachi play. Um, and certainly for post rotation, like that, that is not uh, something that a lot of players sure. uh, play, you know, just deck lists are built in a different way in post rotation. I think Jirachi is being left out of that conversation there. Uh, and that seems to me like a great consistency card that kind of makes up for the lack of a supporter on a first turn. If you're able to get a quick ball off that Jirachi, you know, you just get that extra dig, get that extra, um, you know, ability to set up in the early game. I mean, I just, I want to specifically give an example, even, um, I think expanded has reached that state, you know, bands aside, like ignoring any band potential and expanded. Um, the last time we saw expanded, it was in that state where going second was yeah. pretty much just always better. And that was yeah. super unhealthy. Uh, yeah. and obviously expanded has a lot of degen cards that like factor into that, but I think limiting the first turn so heavily and then giving the second turn, all the tools in the world it's just super icky like sure. first turn in any card game should usually be limited to some degree um yeah it should course. always be it should always be gated somehow um yeah. but when it's gated to the point that you always choose to go second then that's really <laughs> bad because it means you actually aren't really playing the game on your first turn <laughs> yeah for sure for sure well i think that's a good that's a good analysis of what uh what we have going on let's move on to some viewer questions riley were there some i i think there were some that you highlighted yeah uh, in the chat that you wanted to talk about uh, well they automatically got highlighted by the the highlight feature but very good <laughs> but uh john had posted that he wanted us to talk about expanded actually so this is a nice little segue um and if shaman should eventually be banned so with the advent of scoop up net uh is shaman maybe antiquated at this point is it no longer have a place in the metagame um what i'll preface this conversation with is that i don't think an errata will happen and i don't really want an errata to happen um i think pokemon was intentional in not including ex's on that card and i don't think that's going to change um follow up to that should shaman be banned i mean I don't see a reason why it should stay. <laughs> you know, sure. not even so much arguing for the ban. It's like, why argue against it? Like, Shaman <laughs> enables all sorts of crazy things. It does insane yeah. combos. Um, Crobat fills that niche in a more healthy, sustainable way. Um, and someone in chat earlier had asked, as a follow-up question, you know, if Shaman remains unbanned, should we unban hex and gets this and i don't think that's the solution <laughs> <laughs> i think if it comes down right. to bringing some of the most toxic cards the game has ever seen right or get rid of shaman i would rather get rid of shaman <laughs> and i think Dedenne and crobat are just like the healthier evolution of how that draw six pokemon should look uh, especially right. in a world where scoop up net exists right so right. Uh, do you have any more take on the shaman debate <laughs> No, no, I think you outlined it really, really well. Yeah. Blizzy Memes asked, do you think Twin Energy is too good for Expanded? No. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's pretty balanced. I think there are enough cards that can... Um... I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, DC is... Well, and then you have you have so many busted cards that it's like to take out some of those busted right. cards to put well, in that's what I was Twin Energy. Like... like, part of the reason the DCE is so good and people like it so much and that it was... <laughs> hated and got all this bad name for it is because it gives you all that extra deck space to be flexible um so decks like night march they only want the four dce most of the time like with special yeah. charge 
and you know the special charge gives them six and so that's satisfactory like they're only trying to attack a couple times does twin right. energy potentially give them a boost uh, in formats especially where there's a lot of denial sure um but not like so much more that i think it really changes anything right yeah, I would agree. I don't think that uh, I don't think that twin energy is necessarily that bad because you probably wouldn't see it as like an eight count. That feels just to have no, it one. No, defeats the point. <laughs> you're right. To have like one tenth of your deck be energy just feels wrong. And then uh, in that capacity, right, where you're looking at it through the lens of a night march or a lost march, and then. Um, yeah, it just feels like there are too many other good cards that already facilitate your getting the energy out that you don't need too many more beyond the four. I mean, you could maybe run five, six, but um, at a certain point, like you're defeating the purpose of your own deck. Yeah. So. John, as a follow-up question, asking, you know, if how does Expanded get affected overall by a Shaman ban with control being such a large thing? And... <laughs> I think you can't really look at it like that necessarily. Um, where I, whereas like, yeah, Shaman enables fun, crazy combos, um, but Shaman also enables really unhealthy things. And ultimately mm -hmm. Shaman is not a balanceable card if mm -hmm. they're not going to call out EXs in the future. And so, yeah, they could mm -hmm. ban scoop up net, but what's, what's the next thing that's going to be broken with Shaman? You know, yeah. we're going to start having to ban all sorts of cards to account for the fact that Shaman exists. You know, Trevor Noir, uh, Gengar Mimikyu. Gengar Mimikyu might be worth a ban anyway. Um, right. But, you know, <laughs> like Trevor Noir is a good example um, yeah. where that's a really toxic combo that's enabled by Shaman. Shaman is what makes that deck work. It's a Shaman deck that plays a Trevor Noir in it. Um, right. So... <laughs> Uh, you know we can't we can't forever ignore the problem and ban around shaman like shaman is what enables toxic decks toxic combo decks yeah. very good all right any other questions here from chat uh horshi asks how would you guys feel if pokemon made a new bridget card that was allowed to be played on the first turn i think i would be in favor of that if it worked like how Bridget did where you couldn't use it on, you know, the, the major the two, two prizes, prizes of the day back, back then it was EX. You could get one EX or three basics. So uh, if it worked in a similar way where you could only get, you know, one V or three basic Pokemon, then I think I'd be in favor of that. That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it, I don't know what it necessarily changes, yeah, but, I think you reached ultimately a, a tough point where, uh, you know, evolution decks still probably won't be viable. Um, and there's not a Lele in this format to, like, make mm -hmm. Bridget work. You know, Bridget yeah. was really facilitated by Lele's existence. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Yeah, right, We'll absolutely. take one last question here, and that's from Big D54321. Asking, do you guys do coaching? I personally don't coach right now. I'm a little too busy in my uh, in my regular career. JW, do you have any extra coaching slots still? I do. Yeah, I do coaching. Yeah, so reach out to Real John Walter on Twitter. Just shoot him over a DM, and he'll get back to you right away with <laughs> with that coaching ASAP. <laughs> awesome. No, but if you do want uh, if you do want more information on coaching, I do offer that in uh, in the Discord. I have a whole little um section devoted to that so 
yeah, I, JW is a really good coach. Heard nothing but good things from his clients. So this is not me from a biased perspective. This is me hearing this from his actual coaches. <laughs> Very good. So, well, thank you guys again for joining us. This is it feels crazy wrapping up season two, man. Yeah, I, maybe I've not gotta, this week. Maybe not next week. Probably pretty soon. We're getting I mean, the uh, end probably here. Next week, actually. Yeah. 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 Wow. So I got ideas though. I'm brewing. We got. I, I've been wanting to get in touch with you, bro. We I've gotta been get brewing, some. Though. I have been brewing. Okay, good. I'm excited to hear what you have to uh, have to bring. I'm. I'm. I am. Like I really want to know which, <laughs> where you want to take the cast. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Could be cool. So we got good things in store for you in the future. Thank you all so much for the continued support <laughs> and listening. If you're looking to play in the POG Championship, be sure to check out fullgripcodes.com to get all your TCGO needs fulfilled. And we will be catching you guys next time. Peace. See ya.